0: It's Rob Black.
1: Howdy, howdy, howdy. Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. 800-345-5639. It's a call-in show. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, poke, poke, get what I mean, get what I mean. 800-345-5639. You get your calls on the air. It's a new year. I'm sure you got some financial issues that you want second opinions on. I'll do my very bestest to give you a good second opinion. That's the nature of this show. In between the financial content, I squeeze in a little bit of lifestyle. I talk a little bit about my life. Not that I think my life is interesting, but ultimately, I I pursue things that might be of interest to you. For instance, I pursue a lot of technology. I consume a ton of technology. This weekend, I'm going to be going to the electronics store and picking up some hardware and some software so that I can run Skype because I want to do more television type of work, but I don't necessarily want to be in the city when I do it, and I want to be able to do it amongst multiple platforms. I'm working more with some YouTube ideas. That's going to take a little bit longer for me to publicly announce, but Very, very short term, you'll see me on Skype on my television show that I work with, the the television station in the Bay Area, the Now, Again, why do I do this? Why do do you care about Skype? I think Skype's coming to a TV near you. I think we're going to be camera-enabled televisions sooner than later. I think camera-enabled televisions sooner than 3D television adoption. And I think internet television sooner than video and camera-enabled televisions. So I think that's coming very, 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 very soon, internet-enabled televisions. But anyway... I'm already digressing. I'm already digressing. Um, let's talk about v- multiple ways that you can get in touch with me. Multiple ways for you to get in touch with me. There's tons. I understand that some of you are shy to come on the, the air. I get that. I don't really get it, but I get it. It's, I remember back when I was, I was a young boy and a microphone did scare the hell out of me. Uh, but that changes. So now I can say almost anything that I want. Like, I can say, let's do the national anthem. And let's, you know, it, it's a funny idea, right? So you get over your shyness. But if you want to call in, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. If I were to do the national anthem on the show, every single dial would change. And I, I get that. My people meter would go to Zippy, El Zippo. Anyway, um Email. Probably the best way to interact with me in this world is is via email. Someone asked me yesterday if I'd play tennis with them, and there's just no chance. I just don't have time to be social. I don't. I don't know if you're in any way, shape, or form like that as I am, but I don't. Um, I'll play with tennis people at my tennis club, but I won't go out of my way to play with friends and family because I don't have time to go out of my way. So, anyway, um, where do I go with this? Uh, email, best way to get in touch with me, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. Um, you can also Twitter me. Uh, the Twitter is robblackshow, robblackshow, robblackshow. Um, so, you go to twitter.com and you type in robblackshow, and you can Twitter and interact that way. Heidi handles me. The lovely and talented Heidi. I shouldn't say her last name, but I want to because it's H-H. She's double H. Um, but the lovely and talented Heidi handles the Twitter for now. At some point in time, I'll, I'll take it over and I'll handle my own Twitter. But she's the tweeter behind the tweet, um, if you get what I'm saying. So you can always Rob Black Show. Uh, email is rob at rob at And we also have a, a corporate website which I don't really quite get at times, talk910.com, talk910.com, where you can block. You can basically get in a group of interactive messengers. It tends to be controlled by one or two lunatics, but uh, with that said, it's free will. It's it's open to the public. It's talk910.com. So let's talk about the stock market, shall we? No, no, no. Let's not talk about the stock market. Let's talk about something other than the stock market, because my bosses say, don't talk about the stock market until at least the second segment of the show. I know. I know. Man behind the mirror. I'm the Wizard of Oz. I'm pulling the the, the the big levers and levers and out comes the big voice. But it's really I'm being controlled by other people. Let's talk a little about that Google phone. I, I think there's an angle that I have that other people don't have. Gabriel Slate, he's the tech reporter at Channel 4 Cron. I'm trying to get him on the air. He wants to come on the air, but he's just too busy to come on the air. Sounds familiar, right? You anyway, know, he's a pretty good guy. He went to Mountain View yesterday and picked up a Google phone, and he was kind enough to let me play with it the new Google phone, the Nexus One. The Nexus One. They're actually changing the phone. This, this is so funny. You know, Apple does that annoying i thing the iPod, the iTouch, the iPhone. They're calling it the Superphone. Google's calling it the Superphone. Better than a smartphone, a Superphone, which is actually pretty funny. It's done exclusively on their online store. That's interesting. That's the first business angle that you go, whoa. And if you check out their online store, it's actually a really damn cool website. It, it, it almost comes across as 3D on something that's very 2D, your computer screen. Google earns a vast majority of the revenue from advertising as a business. So are they dipping their toes into retail or not? It's tough to say. What's their commitment to this? There's an opportunity to make some margin for sure on the sale of the phones uh, by cutting out the middlemen. Consumers will be able to buy the Nexus 1 for 529 buckaroos unlocked. That ain't cheap. Now, again, my first business angle, and I have to squeeze this head. If you're walking around with a Google Nexus 1, if you're walking around with an iPhone and you don't max out your 401k and you don't know what a nest egg is, you're an ignorant F and you're going to get what you deserve in this world. So, and I stand by that. Now, Google said the Nexus 1, it's going to be available on Verizon Wireless too, um, on Vodafone in Europe later this year. It hopes to add other devices and other carriers to the direct-to-consumer program in the future. Now, some analysts were impressed by the speed of the Nexus One. This is an investment angle. It's got the Dragon chip in it. It's called the Snapdragon. Who makes the Snapdragon chip? Qualcomm is the right answer. So Qualcomm's going to be selling a lot more semiconductors. Just something to think about. Now, Google has voice-enabled all text boxes in the device, so a user can compose an email by speaking into the phone rather than typing. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Now, they expressed some disappointment, analysts did, that Google didn't really shake up the industry. They didn't subsidize the phone by advertising. There was a theory that every time you turned on your phone, it would start with an ad. Brought to you by McDonald's. Or every time you started up your web browser, it would say, brought to you by Coca-Cola. And that the phone would be free. But you would have to get that brought to you by. I, Interesting, right? I think some of us are a little bit more ad resistant and some of us are a little bit more cool with ads i don't know where you stand do you remember cable tv back in the 1970s it promised digital clear no rabbit ears do you remember rabbit ears that's fantastic memory of my childhood um trying to get that 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 vague channel to come in was you know not abc nbc cbs you can usually get those pretty good one of them wouldn't come in but that that vague channel where all the best cartoons were located Getting that one was killer. But anyway, cable once promised television without commercials. And now look at it. Holy mackerel. Now, the Nexus One, back to the Nexus One, has a high-speed 1 gigahertz Snapdragon chip. And that keeps multiple applications running at the same time. It also has some 3D display capabilities. Again, 3D is kind of getting shoved down our throats, Eh? Eh? Um, The Nexus One may be arrival to the iPhone, so it's going to take a little bit of market share from the iPhone, maybe. Maybe some people who aren't—I'm not an Apple enthusiast. I own Apple shares, but I'm not an Apple enthusiast. Pretty weird, right? I actually don't like the whole Apple culture. I don't like the iPod culture. I don't like the iTunes Store culture. I don't like the "We're smarter than you" culture of Apple. So I, I defy it. I go away from it. So maybe they'll maybe. I'll pick up a Nexus One phone if you get the idea. Now, more importantly, Apple's going to start selling their phone into other platforms as well next year. And they'll pro- they'll likely copy Google. They'll probably say, you know, selling it for a premium on your website, damn good idea. Let's unlock it or let's come out with a special version, a Steve Jobs version, so to speak. So um, we're going to watch this. Now, again, it's truly a battle about advertising. Um, Google, if they have their own hardware and software, they can control ads that are placed inside of search, searches for phones. And that's pretty dominant. Apple the same way. Because Apple, out of nowhere, boom, out of nowhere, they came, became a music store, right? Boom, out of nowhere, they became a music player store. Um, boom, out of nowhere, they start selling video games. Now, boom, out of nowhere, Apple's able to suddenly get into the Internet search business. Yesterday they bought Quattro. Now, again, this may miss you, but this is a big story. It's huge. Apple for years and years and years and years and years and said, we don't have any desire to come up with a search engine. And now suddenly they're in search advertising. And they're not in search engines, but they're in search advertising. Pretty cool, right? Pretty cool how a whole business, once you, you, once you could value Apple and say, they're worth X amount of dollars. You could say they're worth X because their business of selling computers is, is two times revenue. Well, now suddenly you get into the higher profit margins of music. You get into the higher profit margins of uh, applications where they don't even spend money developing the application. They let someone else do it and they get a piece of the action on the sales. I'm going to be coming out with a raw black app for the iPhone soon, soon, probably three months from now. I'd say this month, but I'm too damn busy. So anyway, 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 you get the idea. They've been able to reinvent themselves. So the biggest winner in this to me is not Google and Apple. I think they're in for a monolith Titan versus Titan. Uh, battle I think the big winner is Qualcomm and a big loser is Intel I'll tell you why Intel is a big loser later in the show but Qualcomm becoming the dominant player in semiconductors for phones huge player huge huge win for them anyway also Qualcomm came out today and said um, they're gonna do a mobile TV demonstration a wholly-owned subsidiary of Qualcomm mophie they announced teaming up to create a series of products that will bring live mobile TV to the iPhone and iPod touch platforms. So again, they're trying to enable their hardware sales by pushing more applications that we want, i.e. television on our phone. Anyway, this is cute. It's the corner Laughers. This is their the Rob Black theme song. I think it kinda works. It's the Rob Black Show. 910 AM 800 345 5639 More stimulating talk. 5-5-6-3-9 five, five, It's 800-345-5639. God, who are the people? David just sent me an email, and David, I hate you. Sends me an email with a joke. Please stop, people. Please stop sending jokes to your friends and family. No one likes them. We all hate you for. Daily. I got mail! Yay! I got mail! Yay! Email that has a joke isn't mail. It sucks. It's cruel. It's not even kind. It's never funny, and it's it's never even cute. Stop sending the emails. I probably just saved the world. 800 345 5639. It's 800 345 5639. You know, I, I, I'm starting the show off very heavy, very heavy with technology. I'll get into some business, I promise you, very, very shortly. But again, keep in mind, I do the business of technology. That's the angle that I try to pick. And right now, CES is getting underway Thursday, Consumer Electronics Shows in Las Vegas. And it's a big one. It's, it's we get to see a lot of gadgets. And sometimes it really boosts companies. It it really changes because we see that they've got a vision. We see that they have a direction. For instance, let me let me do three three more right here because I think I think it's important. First and foremost, let's talk about Apple again. They're projected to sell thirty six million iPhones worldwide in two thousand ten. Now, Piper Jaffray, they've got a, an analyst named Gene Munster, and he's pretty in touch with what Apple does. Um, so he he's pretty good. Now, he's conceding today that the total is conservative. So 36 million iPhones in 2010. He doesn't include the possibility of expansion to other carriers like Verizon, which is a very real possibility this year. Now, Verizon doesn't want it. Verizon doesn't want the data hogs that are on uh, AT&T on their network because then suddenly the network wouldn't be working quite as efficiently. And they wouldn't be able to do their commercials that are winning them hand over foot uh, loyalty. Now... 2010 is going to mark the first full year of sales with two carriers in France and Canada and UK. It's also going to include a full year of sales in China, so the numbers are going to be bigger. There's also going to be a new iPhone model. What's interesting to note is technologies in the semiconductor world has really matured, so new versions of cell phones can come out almost instantaneously. We don't need the new version of the hardware to drive a new version of the software. The results show international iPhone expectations could be a point of conservatism. So you're going to see Apple beat numbers. Now, Kindle, we all know Kindle, right? And again, Apple kind of sparked their whole world again by introducing the iPod. The Kindle's kind of like the iPod, kind of. The Kindle represents a multi-billion dollar opportunity for Amazon. Competition's been increasing up in the ebook market, but Kindle remains the most compelling reader out there. How did Amazon.com, an online retailer, come out with a hot product? It's a great question. Now, forecasts are for almost 1 million Kindle shipments this year. That's not bad. 950,000. Now, slightly below consensus, and this is going to tie into the book publishing. I remember yesterday I did a little little ditty. You might not remember it because I guess there's not a Rob black club where people are forced to listen two hours a day, five days a week, except for Heidi and myself. But I should start a Rob black loyal listener club. Um, And you would get, like, free drinks with me or something like that. Anyway, um, remember yesterday I talked about how television is starting to slip into an abyss, much like the music industry has already gone into the abyss? There's ten great recording artists who make all the money. And then everyone beneath them, they have to go out on the road to make money. That's it. That's the way music works now. Now, ten years ago, everyone in the music industry made money, and they all partied like rock stars. Now just the true stars are partying. So anyway, um, Kindle is going to possibly kill publishing. I'll talk about that later in the show because, again, digital distribution quickly, it's, it's like a vine. It takes a lot of the profit away from the people who used to have the profit. Now, we, there's another big tech story out there today that I, I'm going to be the first one to tell you about, and I, I'm proud of this. It's HP and Microsoft. Now, HP, you probably know, Palo Alto-based company, huge company. Great company. In the 1990s, Dell could do no wrong. Anything that Dell touched turned to gold. And then HP kind of took it away from them. Very interesting. Because, again, at one point in time, Dell was a rock and roll star performer. And now, not so much. Now, Mr. Balmer, he is the CEO of Microsoft. It is not Steve Gates, uh, Bill Gates, as many people probably still assume. Uh, but Balmer's going to unveil a novel, new, slate-type computer during the Keynote at CES. Now, hold on. Wait. Hold your pony there for just a second. Isn't Apple coming out with a Slate computer? January 24th or 25th. Haven't they they booked the Disney Auditorium down in L.A. already so they can do this? So the Slate's going to be made by HP, and it's quite possible that it's going to be available mid-year. Now, the product better be damn good because Apple expected to unveil their product later this month. So if Microsoft and HP have any chance... It better be damn good. So, because we know Apple's going to come out with something cool. So, Mr. Bomber, he's going to show the yet unnamed HP device tonight. It's going to be touted as a multimedia whiz with e-reader and multifunction touch- touches. So, um, pretty big. Pretty big. In that keynote speech coming up soon. And again, will it be enough? I don't know. I really don't know. 800 345 5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800 345 5639. I'll cut down on the tech talk. I've been a little heavy on the tech talk. I'll do a couple emails later in the show. RobertRobBlack.com, RobertRobBlack.com. There was a story that intrigued me because this tells you the power of branding. Tell me if, you, tell me if I'm wrong here. A police in Kansas City, Missouri, they're looking for a woman who went on a rampage at a McDonald's because she didn't like her hamburger. Police say the woman caused thousands of dollars in damage on December 27th when she became upset that the restaurant wouldn't refund her money. Now, First and foremost, can we all imagine what that scene would look like? A woman freaking out in McDonald's over a hamburger and, and trashing the place. Now, what does trashing it actually mean? She threw a bucket of water over the counter. She pushed off a glass display case uh, uh, that was near three cash registers. She cursed and then she fled. The so police are looking for her. Now, here's the, the, the investment angle. Here's the business angle. When I said, and I did this coyly, can't we all imagine what it looks like? I think we all could. We all imagine what a McDonald's looks like on the inside. I haven't been inside a McDonald's in 10 years, and yet I can tell you exactly what it looks like in my head, right? So that's powerful branding. That's powerful brand awareness. It's amazing what McDonald's has done because they're consistent. A, a, a burger in France tastes just the same as a burger does in the United States. A burger in Louisiana tastes just the way it does in California. Now, none of us like McDonald's, or none of us are willing to admit that we like McDonald's. We're all snobs and we go, ooh, I like the In-N-Out burger. I like the In-N-Out burger. But again, McDonald's wins as an investment in large part, not every year, but McDonald's wins as an investment in large part because of volume, 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 but also because we know what we're getting. I don't like trying new, new Chinese restaurants. Um, I like going to my favorite Chinese restaurant. That's powerful because that's my dollar speaking again and again and again. If I've got a great Chinese restaurant, I don't go to any other Chinese restaurant. I'm very, very loyal. So that's where McDonald's wins. It's it's, we know what we're getting when we want fast food. That's where we go. In theory, you see how that's working. Anyway, you get where I'm going at with this. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. And somehow it doesn't surprise me. That someone freaked out at McDonald's and, and went crazy. So in this day and age, I kind of expected 800 345 5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 910 a.m. More Stimulating Talk.
2: Cool. You're listening to Rob Black,
0: 910 AM, More Stimulating Talk.
1: Spell you've 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. You get the feeling it's going to be a slow call volume day, which always throws me for a little bit of a tizzy. Later today, I am going to be recording a super secret, not so secret podcast. You can find that super secret, not so secret podcast only at talk910.com, talk910.com. And you have to kind of jump around to figure out where the heck it is. I can't explain it myself, it's much too complicated. I think it's for, it's talk910.com forward slash Rob Black underscore super forward slash 1922C forward slash special agent guy underscore dot com 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. One of the things that I I don't spend enough time on and I should are some of the ABCs of money. I really need to get back down to basics on occasion because I forget there's a 25-year-old hot and sexy person listening to the show. And when you're 25, you're just coming out of college, and you probably know more about beer bongs and bongs than you do about 401Ks and 403Bs. So on occasion, I should get back to basics. First and foremost, your 401K is the most powerful thing in the world, whether it's for me, whether it's for a radio producer, whether you're a pharmaceutical salesperson or a pharmacist, whether you work behind the register at CVS or you bag groceries at Safeway. That 401k, 403b, they're retirement programs. It allows you to save money tax-free. Tax-free? I mean, holy mackerel. One thing that we know is taxes are out of control in the United States, right? You hear about teabagging tax parties and crap like that, right? You hear about it constantly. It's out there. Uh, People are upset with their tax rate. I'm upset with my tax rate. I mean, good God, when I look at it, how much money I gave to the state of California last year, if I look at it and I see how much money I gave to the federal government last year, it's too much. I feel, I feel overtaxed. As a nation, I think we are overtaxed. Anyway, where do I go with this? I think where I need to go with this is your, your money in your 401K, it comes out tax-free. So last year at this time, people were panicking in the stock market. It was awful. January was down. February was down. March was down. People gave up on their 401Ks. Now, a year later, when the market's rebounded 60-plus percent, you feel kind of stupid for doing that. Keep in mind that the money in your 401k, since it's not taxed, you've already made money, in my opinion. And you're going, what the hell does that mean, Rob? And I'm not even talking about the free matching that some companies do. Fewer companies do today than they did 10 years ago. But you're not paying federal tax. What's your federal tax rate? 30%? Not paying state federal state taxes in California. What's that? Nine and a half percent. So right there. You're saving 40 percent. It's your money in your account, not going to our government. And then that money grows at historical rates. Now Again, it didn't grow at historical rates in the last 10 years. Last 10 years were awful. But the last 10 years might have been the best time to be buying stocks. If. Over the next hundred years, stocks do what they've done over the last hundred years. Kind of a, a quandary. Now, when you factor in all the tax benefits, the last 10 years were very good for your 401k. Now, again, buying when the market's low is when you want to buy, not when it's high. So let's say you factor in the last 10 years. Let's say you factor in that you're not even 40%. You're not even paying Social Security taxes. Look at your paycheck. Social Security taxes, disability taxes. Holy mackerel, you pay a lot of money in taxes. None of that. It's all your money. So right there, when the market's down 40%, you go, ah, 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 ah. Ah, I'm okay, because I haven't been taxed up the yin-yang at this point in time. I know you're saying, where exactly is the yin-yang? It's it's your butt. So, just so you know, it's your butt. So, I know that because I know a doctor or two, and the yin-yang is technically your butt. So, in your 401k, you go, Rob, should I go with cash? No. In the 401k, should you go with bonds? No. Not while you're young? Absolutely not. Nothing in bonds, zippy, zilch, none, nada. Now what I want in your 401k is not the S&P 500. That's just a lot of large cap companies. That's GE and Microsoft and how they do, so goes your retirement. I hate that. I like some large cap. I like some mid cap. I like some small cap. I like some international, and I like some income. And right there I'd say you don't have to be a rocket scientist, genius, boy wonder, wonderkin. You can go with all of them. You can go 20% in each. There's two phases of your wealth. There's wealth accumulation and there's wealth management. Think about that for just a second. There's wealth accumulation. Now, some people will sit there and go, Robert, I don't really think that investing in mutual funds is the right way to go. I don't think so either. I think accumulating mutual funds is the right way to go. I like to accumulate assets. That's what I like to do with my paycheck. 15% of my paycheck automatically goes to my retirement. There's no ifs, ands, buts, or whats. And when it doesn't, I freak out. First thing in my life before I drink a beer. First thing in my life before I go camping. First thing in my life before I throw a Frisbee. I save 15% of my paycheck for retirement. Why? I don't know why. Oh, I I remember why. Because when I turn 60, I want to buy a big Winnebago and travel around the country. I want to eat good food. I want to die. But I want to die with some lifestyle and some pride. I don't want to die eating cat food. I don't want to die being a shut-in. How ironic would it be if my whole life I've dedicated to getting people to retirement, and then when I turn 60, I just watch TV until the day I die. I start watching the Weather Channel. (laughs) If you watch the Weather Channel for, oh, say, more than 10 minutes, there's something really, really wrong with you. There's really something quite wrong with you. I once dated a girl. This is actually pretty funny. Her dad would watch the Weather Channel nonstop. Her mother would watch QVC nonstop, and what's interesting about this is they both talked to the TV. Probably a pretty good sign to, to get out right at that point in time, huh? So anyway, um, in the middle of like, you know, you just like you're, you're you're sitting there talking to your girlfriend, you're, you're you're just you know hanging out with her kind of thing. Your dad would yell from out of nowhere, "Storm coming!" He was a Weather Channel freak who would start, he, like, he was afraid that a thunderstorm would come and knock down his house or something. So he'd watch and he'd get on the East Coast. They have thunderstorms on the West Coast. Not so much. I don't really quite understand that. I miss, I miss the weather of the East Coast so much. I've been out here now for eight years and, you know, we just get nice. You know, it's, it's a nice weather. It's nice. We have two seasons here. We've got kind of a dry season and we've got a kind of a wet season. On the East Coast, there's four seasons, and they kind of long for one another. There's winter, there's summer, there's spring, there's, there's fall. You know, the, the coldness of winter, it, it finally breaks and turns into a lovely spring. And then the wonderment of spring and spring on the East Coast, like Washington, D.C. Springs, amazing. Beautiful parks, flowers budding, green grass, fresh air, you know, temperatures good, 60, 70, 80 degrees, not, not a lot of humidity. And that gets killed by summer. And then summer comes along, and it gets so scorched, and it just burns out, and it turns to fall. And then the death, I mean, literally, you see trees falling, you know, leaves falling. You see death. You see age. And, and again, if we were back in the 1600s or 1700s, we'd write poetry about it, like Emily Dickinson once did. A fantastic poet. So, and we'd say, the leaf is falling. My life is waning. So, I think the East Coast people have a little bit more emotions than the West Coast people do because they see seasons, they see thunderstorms, they see anger
2: so seasons are overrated, my friend
1: Heidi's saying that season's overrated, and I just think she's uh, what would you, what would you say? she's a Pacific Northwest spoiled brat. So she was raised on an island in the Pacific Northwest where um, it was always raining. And, and instead of saying it sucks being here, she'd say, ah, but it's green. Ah, but it's green. So anyway, scenes is not overrated. You need to you need to travel because you'll, you'll open up your emotions and it'll make your marriage a little bit better. You'll be able to communicate with one another about death and your feelings and, and, and live happily to your age of death um, versus living in fear and living in, in anguish of not knowing what's coming. When you see the seasons you, you you feel anyway where am i going with this holy crap did i just really talk about the seasons for five minutes i think i did um oh i talked about the, the weather channel the storm the guy who would scream out storm coming um i don't want to be that person in retirement oh my god did i jump to the, watching storms in retirement from 401k okay so max out your 401k is the lesson that i think i, I tried to get out there Anyway, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. Something happened good on Wall Street in the first couple days after Christmas. Yesterday, we looked back, and those are the five days of trading after Christmas. And those are very important. The financial sector rallied yesterday at the close. It brought back the entire market. And basically, it kept the winning streak in 2010 intact. So far, we're up 1.7%. Um, 3.8% overall in the first two sessions of the year. By performance, that's what would refer to as a Santa Claus rally. The last five sessions of the year and the first two of the new year, we were up 1.4%, according to the Stock Traders' Almanac, which, believe it or not, exists. And I know the guy who sells it, and he's a schmuck. Santa's failure to show has often preceded bear markets or periods when stocks could be bought later in the year at much lower prices. So in terms of 2010, what we're expecting is an encouraging mark. It's a good, The Christmas rally that we've had, the ho-ho-ho Santa Claus rally, the seven days after Christmas, has been pretty good. There's Stock Traders' Almanac indicates that the last 36 up first five days of the year have been followed by gains 31 times. So the fact that we're up, there is... In theory, an 86% chance of a good year. Pretty cool, right? Now, again, doesn't always work that way. If it did, I mean, I'd be selling my, my house right now and investing it all in the stock market, and I'd, I'd own an island by the end of the year. You get the idea. Let's get a break. When we come back, we'll talk to John in San Mateo. John, boil it down to one stock question because I can't possibly do two in, in, in an appropriate amount of research. 800 345 5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800 345 5639 to get your calls in the air. I do have more content coming. I'm not going to talk about the Weather Channel each and every segment, although it might be interesting. 800 345 5639. It's the Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. you can't have your cake you need it too there was an old phrase out of old england cake or death cake or death which, which, who would ever choose death over cake i'd always choose cake cake good you know the only thing i like more than cake is pie i love pie i've got a, a pie chart of how much pie i've eaten this year and i i love that pie chart and different types
2: yeah, of I pie.
1: And it's a little nice, little son, Cartman. So he likes cheesy poofs. So let's go to John in San Mateo. John, how are you?
2: Hey, I'm here. Hey, how are you? Oh, uh, ambulatory. We'll see about the rest.
1: Oh, nice. That, that's good use of the word ambulatory.
2: Uh, the vocabulary disk sometimes won't load very good, but I, I I'm curious about this. Uh, my broker referred to me as a plunger style of, uh, investor, so uh, I. I bought this stock, my friends started the company and I'm wondering when I should sell it. Cepheid CPHD.
1: Best person you can talk to is your friend who started the company.
2: Well, uh um he's not in it anymore and you know, that's I uh you know, I think they're probably uh, biased toward the uh they think it's gonna be great of course in the future, but uh I mean it's they're no longer affiliated with the day to day and so hard
1: to know. Okay, well, i will talk a little bit about it. Um, this is a tougher company to talk about because you're talking about DNA and you're talking about medical devices and getting approval. It's not like Apple where I could say they're going to sell 36 million phones this year based on, you know, you know spreadsheet numbers. So it's a little bit tougher. Um, I hope that's a good investment lesson for people to learn. Biotech's brutal. It is a very, very tough way to invest. But they've received FDA clearance for the first rapid and accurate surveillance Test for what's called VNA, v- VANE. I don't even know what VANE is. That's that. That's is that H1N1? No, it's something else. So um, they do have, you know, authorization to fast track and influenza H1N1 chicken pig flu um, test. So they're in the testing medical device. They're they're not quite biotech. I'd, I'd refer to them as medical equipment. They do molecular diagnostics, and all of our science for the last 50 years, except for the last 10 years, was all molecular-based. I could have go as far as, say, last 100 years, except for the last 5, 10 years. And that's when um, genetics started getting into medical testing and medical drugs and things along those lines. It's a much tougher science, much tougher science than molecular. So the molecular diagnostic firm, Cephid ticker symbol CPHD, they automate the process of preparing and amplifying DNA in order to quickly detect diseases and harmful agents. Um, they got a smart cycler, and they got a gene export. Now, that's their product, and they could perform rapid molecular testing for a number of purposes. They could detect diseases. They can detect cancer. They can detect bio-threats like anthrax. They can detect uh, food components, uh, problems inside the food industry. And for the record, interesting to note, in the United States, we have grade A beef, right? We grade our beef. Who wants the D beef? Who wants the C beef or the, the F beef? The the cow that bangs its head against the wall and and can't quite become an A student. I wonder whoever buys that stuff. Probably the Chinese companies that, that I eat my Chinese food from. 800-345-5639. Let's talk a little bit more about Suffin. Let me take a look at the financials. Um, again, it's very difficult for me to analyze this company. Um, Taking a look at their income statement. People misuse the word financial statement, just FYI. If you take a look at their income statement, you can see that they've grown revenue from $80 million to $170 million in three years. That's pretty good. And organically, I like to use this phrase, and i probably overuse it. If that were you, if you were to grow your salary from $20,000 to $60,000 in three years, you'd be like, damn, I did something good. So this company's done something good, growing their revenue from $80 million to $170 million. Now, Taking a look at the cost of goods, it's also doubled. It's gone from 48 million to 90 million. Their gross profit, this is something I like to look at. Now, again, sometimes Wall Street likes revenue stories, sometimes they like profit stories. So their gross profit's grown from 38 million to 80 million dollars. Now, gross profit isn't your bottom line, it's not your income. They've lost money for the last three years because you have operational costs, you've got um, depreciation, you've got amortization, you've got Cost of your scientist and cost of, um, you know, management and marketing and things along those lines. So, I'm a little concerned that they've lost money. You can look at their balance sheet. They've gone from $17 million in cash to $23 million in cash. So, they've done a pretty good job with uh, keeping up their cash levels. Now, the shareholders have paid for that uh, because they've issued shares during that period of time as a way of raising cash. Let's see if I can find anything else for you. One analyst sees it as a buy. Sees it as a $17 stock. Said that the pre-announced revenues of $41 million in line with expectations of $40 million. Says channel checks with hospital labs indicate molecular diagnostic purchasing in 2010 is holding up even in a negative spending environment. They think uh, market penetration for gene expert systems will reach critical mass with approval of additional tests. So let's see if I got anything else for you. $14 stock. That analyst says it's a $17 stock. That's about all I got. So I would say it's a medical device company that, as long as the revenues keep going in the right direction, I'd continue to hold. Um, I would have a very strong st- uh, sell on the company. Um, basically, you get stopped out. So you put a stop loss. Let's say you take a look at the chart, and you see that it's dipped 10. It's dipped to let me Actually, let me look at the chart, so let me not use a hypothetical. Okay, for instance— had a little bit of a breakout at ten, and a little bit of support at nine, and you can go back all the way to 2006 and see that ten dollar, nine dollar, ten dollar, nine dollar, ten dollar, nine dollar fight that's going on. It's having problems going below it. It's having problems getting above it. It's gotten above it, and it's gone below it, but only in unique scenarios. So I'd say if it dips back to ten, I'd probably let it go at around nine and a quarter. So I'd probably let it go. I'd, I'd say goodbye. You're getting into that weak area that I just don't feel comfortable with. I would sell it in the strength. It has shown over the last five years that it's really not breaking out. Um, it's a nice name. I'm interested in what your stockbroker referred to as a, a plunger, that you're the kind of guy who buys into an idea and plunges right into it. I hope you have a diversified portfolio. I hope you have some banks. I hope you have some small caps. I hope you have some, some retail exposure, some tech exposure. I hope you're not just kind of a collector of stocks. I think your stockbroker was kind of insulting you when he said that you're a, a, a jump-in kind of guy. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Let's talk a little Starbucks. First and foremost, I gave myself a great Christmas present this year. I gave myself a Keurig coffee machine. K-E-U-R-I-G. It lets you brew single cups of coffee. For someone like me, that's amazing. McDonald's uses their system. You can get Pete's coffee for it. You can get Green Mountain coffee for it. You can get all sorts of different types of coffee for it. And it's a $150 coffee machine, but it allows you to make single cups of coffee on the fly. And You basically put a little packet in, pull down the handle, and boom, 180-degree piping hot fresh cup of coffee. Amazing. It's it's fantastic. It's a gift to give to your grandparents. It's a gift to give to your parents. It's a great gift, a Keurig coffee machine. But that brings it because like you can have a fra- professional ground coffee Cup of coffee without getting coffee grinds everywhere. You can have it piping hot, perfect temperature, just by pushing a button. I love it. I love it. The cleanup is nice. It's, it's incredibly cute. It's, it's, it's cute. I don't know why I'm calling a coffee machine cute. I'm calling an appliance cute. I feel weird about that. But it, it brings up Starbucks. Because I used to think that you had to go into a Starbucks or Pete's Coffee and spend 3 $4 for a professional cup of coffee. And that's, that's kind of been broken now. But let's talk a little Starbucks. Because instant coffee... And Subway sandwiches. They don't usually come to mind when you think of Starbucks, but Starbucks is getting into instant coffee. Now, certainly this is going to take away some of their business. It's going to cannibalize some of their business. With more than 16,000 stores worldwide, almost 9,000 in the United States, Starbucks is considered a mature company. It's very tough for them to continue to grow new stores. In fact, in the last couple of years, they've shut down some stores because there's too many Starbucks. Have you ever been to Houston? Houston's the hottest city on the planet. Houston is so hot that people melt on the sidewalks in Houston. Houston, And yet on every corner, there's still a Starbucks, which doesn't necessarily make sense because you think a hot coffee, hot city. No, they don't go together, but they, I guess they do. So the company doesn't see themselves doing double digit sales growth that they used to get. There was a point in time where like, hmm, if, you had a, uh, uh, if you had a styrofoam cup of coffee, you're kind of ghetto. You're kind of white trash. If you were drinking instant, you're kind of ghetto, you're kind of white trash. If if you were drinking the office coffee, kinda ghetto and there's it's a status symbol. Showing up to work with a cup of Starbucks, you know it's a status symbol. So anyway, double digit sales, not gonna be as easy for them anymore because that that status is kind of played out. Their, Their penetration's gone as far as it can go. For the record, I once again said penetration, which I love saying when my boss is watching me. So it's looking for new ways to grow, Starbucks says. Ticker symbol SBUX, SBUX. This is a company we can all understand. They launched a product of instant coffee called VIA, Single serve pouches, people that I know that have used it, they've said it's good. Now they're sold in company retail stores. They're sold at Costco. They're sold at Target. They're not widely sold. Now, the company's decided to kick up growth for their specialty brand coffee, Seattle's Best Coffee. Now, again, you know Starbucks. Did you know that Seattle's Best Coffee is also owned by Starbucks? They bought that company. They acquired them in 2003. is seen as a key selling point for fast food chains. So Starbucks needs to get into the McDonald's of the world. They need to penetrate that market. Again, I said penetrate. Especially for the battle of dollars in the breakfast category. Now, it's not just Starbucks anymore. The end game is that it's going to be a portfolio of premium products. So Starbucks needs to push more product out there because people like me have figured out I can have a professional cup of coffee. I don't have to figure out how much spoons of ground coffee do I put into a coffee maker anymore. I don't have to figure out how much water goes with that spoonage. I was never able to do that very well. I'm just not very good at it now. Starbucks is one of those companies, again, that I think you can invest in, I think you can look at it, I think you can understand. I'm not telling you to invest in them. I own no Starbucks. But you kind of get the problem of the worst is probably behind them. They overexpanded, they cut some of their expansion, they cut some of their stores. They got a recession going where 10% unemployment in the United States takes away some of the people who at work would show up to work with a a cup of Starbucks so that they can basically get laid that weekend because they're cool. They drink Starbucks coffee. So it's taken away some of their customers. It's definitely, uh, we found alternatives. Starbucks has got to get to more product. They have to get more product out there, and they have to expand their product portfolio. Stores, they're not going to do. Their product, maybe they do do. To get your calls on the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. You're listening to 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk